0: Hello, my name is Mark Taylor. Welcome to the Education on Fire podcast network. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. There comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades, and test scores. What is your purpose? As we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration, and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello, welcome back to the Learning on Fire podcast. My name is Mark Taylor. This week, we have a slightly different episode um my daughter's just started listening to the podcast and we were chatting about there's so much great content and advice and and wisdom um being shared week in week out that i thought actually maybe having a compilation kind of show where we can actually take one or two of the questions and put them together and hear the answers back to back might be an interesting thing to do and use the question what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you and put the answers to each of those all in one place and what I'm going to do is I'm going to increase this week in week out so over the next few weeks we're going to share a few of these so we get through all of the guests so we can hear what these questions and what these answers are and also because they're sharing great resources which they've used as well I'm going to compile a document that you'll be able to download um, where they've shared all those things as well so we've got some easy access then to some of the best content there so if you've listened to all the episodes then you'll know all this already but if you haven't visited all the show notes or you haven't heard them all this is just a way of giving you some great snippets and some pearls of wisdom for you to be able to get your team into. hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Let me know what you think. You can email me mark at educationonfire.com and I hope you enjoy the show. What was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and, and who gave it to you?
1: I'm going to say Robin Brindell who is a lady. She is the partner of a guy called John Chaplin who was the founding stage manager the uh, Day One Philharmonic Petronas, which was the home of the Malaysian Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, and his wife uh, was an avid concert goer uh, and we became very good friends. And um, I'm still in touch with them both. They, they live in, um, in Australia now. Um, and we touch base once in a while and, and catch up with things. Um, she is a very wise woman. Um, and I, well, I think a great deal of my personal development is, is down to conversations where she has challenged my paradigm at the time. Yeah, and I'd say only choose decisions that make you stronger. That's what I'm going to say.
2: I don't know who gave it to me. I think the best you know, lesson I learned just growing up is just follow your passion. And I've heard that from just random people. It says, truly just follow your passion. That is the key. And not follow what you're told to follow as far as career choice and because it sidetracks you. And I studied successful people. I want to say in my like, what, mid 20s. So it was after college. And I just was like, I was looking at certain people, you know, um, just saying, why is that person successful? Uh, Why is this person successful? For example, certain people uh, in the arts, like singers um, or, you know, visual artists, animators, and look at them. And one thing I constantly saw was that they stuck with the same thing for a very, very long time. You know, they didn't hop around and test out and try different careers. They simply stuck with one thing and just pursued it. Um, Even politicians, you know, people who run for public office, um, they stuck with it. You know, they stayed in it for a very long time. Uh, Teachers, they just—and that was the main thing that I saw, was these people discovered their passion and just stayed with it. It wasn't the attraction of money that got them into that, you know— uh, it wasn't the attraction of prestige. Now, a lot of those, what do you call those those badges of honor that we think are cool, uh, that can attract a lot of people. So say, for example, I want to be a hip-hop you know, star, be a rapper. Well, I'm going to go out there and learn how to rap just for the money. Well, I won't be rapping very long. <laughs> you know? So if, if it's just the money, well, there's no creativity. There's no burning desire for the art form itself, then I won't stay with it. So that was the best thing that um, I, I guess to kind of that advice growing up that I learned was like just follow your passion. I'd heard it before, but I didn't fully understand it until I was in like my mid-20s. And that's when it was like, it circled me back to my love as a child, which was drawing.
3: Consistently, the person that has given me the best advice um, in in the most pivotal years of my life was this uh this old guy named red he's now passed on Um, but one of the things that he said to me he he would kind of give me tough love and uh tell me the truth and i did not like it at the time but i would always walk away from whenever he gave me advice and i would always ask myself if there was any truth in what he said even though i may have been I may have not liked it at the time. I would always ask myself, was there truth in it? And I would <laughs> and ev- ev- inevitably find that, yes, there was truth in it. He saw me very clearly. And one of the things that he said to me is he sat me down and he pulled out a little piece of yellow paper. And I remember this. And this was many years ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And he drew a picture of a, a basketball court. He was a big uh, Indiana University basketball fan. And he said, Seth. Look at this. This is a basketball court. I'm like, okay. He said, "See this? This is where the audience sits. This is where you pay tickets to watch. And this, this is the court, and this is where people play the game." And I'm like, okay. He's like, "Life is not a spectator sport. Only a small percentage of people actually get in there and play the game. Get in there and play the game." And that metaphor for me um, definitely stuck with me. And thinking, you know what? we can we can live life pretty unconsciously, pretty mindlessly, pretty numb, pretty reactive. We can just kind of do what we've learned and not really question things and just kind of be a robot and go through life kind of numbing out and just kind of, you know, watching TV or drinking beer all the time or playing video games all the time or doing whatever people do to kind of forget about life and kind of miss out on the fact that life is not a spectator sport. We can get in there and really engage in life, the whole gamut of life, really experience sadness in a good way where we're processing it. Really experience even emotions like anger in a good way, where we're looking for the messages that anger gives us. Really experience joy and happiness and peace in a very, very deep way, not a surfacey way. Not just going to just, quote, have fun, but to really experience the depth of joy that's available to us on on a deeper level, on... um, On a very real personal level to really engage in life not just sort of drift through life and not uh, he used to say don't cope live not to just cope with life but to live and engage with life to get in the game to be a player to take the risks to win to lose to get hurt but also to experience you know, it's not all about that, but to really experience the whole gamut, but really when it's good to really know how to enjoy it and appreciate it when it's good and to be grateful for the people that we have in our life, even if they annoy me, even if they get on my nerves. The, the fact is, is that the great people in my life give me so much more good than bad. And there are so many wonderful people in, in my life. Um, And wonderful opportunities and things and so just to really be alive, not just cope, but to be alive and play the game and not be a spectator.
4: The best piece of advice that I have ever received is just um, so simple and it was from a Girl Scout leader and she said, be yourself, but be yourself loudly You know, and um, I've always appreciated that because um, people, you know, if you've been around me, Mark, we were at the live event together. I'm not most I'm not the most quiet person, you know, so um, I can be quite loud. I can really be um, passionate about what I'm saying to the point, you know, I worry. I used to really worry that it was too much you know, that I was pushing people away with that. And she was like, no, that this is, these are your passions. You know, if I was really passionate about somebody being mistreated, you know, somebody, something had happened. And this is where that conversation came from. But in Girl Scouts, we're always there. We're always together. And they always encouraged us to be really supportive of each other. And and there was an argument. And I really felt that one of the girls was being mistreated by another one. Um, And I stood up for her. And I was so passionate about it. And the leader is like, you have a heart for this and you should never shut that down. Like be yourself, be yourself loudly. And I thought, gosh, no one tells me to be loud. (laughs) No one tells me to be loud, but it was such a good thing to be affirmed that way, to be loved and appreciated and known for who I was and being encouraged to be that anyway. I think so many kids feel like they have to really protect what others see of them. And this woman really allowed me just to be me. And so that was just really powerful.
5: The best piece of advice that I've been given and who gave it to me, um, it would have to be my mentor, uh, Steve. He once told me the same thing I did for you do for somebody else. And that was like the turning point of what started uh, this whole idea of I can have my dreams fulfilled and still help others fulfill their dreams set in. Because, you know, growing up for me, it was just like, I want to make it out. 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 And that's all we, we, we talked about and we thought about is for us individually making it out. But then along the way, you know, um, you know, when I asked my mentor, I said, how do I pay you back? And that's when he said that the same thing I did for you do for somebody else. That's how you pay me back. I was like, oh, I get it. So I started really assessing my life and thinking like, man, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be in a position to call him on the phone and ask him this question. So if he had singularly this much influence and impact on my life, how much more can I impact others lives? And how much more can they impact others' lives? And if we kept that chain going, becoming successful, and also bu- building what we call successors, um, then the world would be a million times better. Because I'm helping you get up the ladder while I go up the ladder as well. So I'm not just climbing up the ladder, knock the ladder down and say, hey, you got to find your home ladder to get up here. Right? It's just like, no, let's, let's go up the ladder together. Um, and so I think like, That is what um, sparked the idea of, okay, I can pay my mentor back by mentoring. So that's where champs came into play.
6: We've had a lot of good advice. I, I ran across a great mentor, Dr. Tom Fleck. Ah, uh, Dr. Fleck is is considered a pioneer of American youth soccer, and uh, he's written books. People know about him. There are awards named after him. Again, I've been fortunate to run across him. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and he gave me a chance to to rise up in the world of soccer. But he told me a few things that I that I've lived by. First, first thing is. He said, if you're going to coach kids, you've got to get inside the belly of a nine-year-old and you've got to see the world from that perspective. And, and if you can't do that, then you're not going to be as effective. I've always tried to remember that. Another thing he said is be, a, be an original. There's plenty of cookie cutters out there. Give the world a reason to think that you're a little different. Don't be afraid of being an original. And he said, when you lose your fire, It's time to get out. If you don't wake up every single day excited to get after it, that's the day you need to leave. Dr. Fleck taught me that stuff. There was a guy named Pat Logan that I worked with, really smart, wise teacher, worked many years with him. And uh, I was younger in my teaching career. He was older. uh, And uh, he saw the value of PE and the value of recess, actually. He believed in recess, just free playtime at school, as one of the most important times at school, and uh, we would go out there and supervise recess together. And he taught me a lot about why that was, um, why that was so. And whenever there was a problem at recess, and my young, uh, my young teaching self would charge over there to solve the problem and fix things, right? And this is the thing we're trying to let tell people not to do: let the kids sort it out, right? Well, Pat would would never stop me from doing that. And he would never say anything to me about doing that. And then one day uh, when I was getting ready to go charge over and solve another problem, he said to me, go and split that baby, Solomon. And, And I, and I, and I'm thinking, what, what did he just tell me i didn't I didn't understand it. I went around I solved the problem I played uh, the sheriff of the of the of the playground fixed the thing that happened I came back I said pat what do you what do you what does that mean and it, essentially what he was saying was, hey man the, you, you're running over there to fix problems you're splitting babies in half. you can't split babies in half. Let the pack sort it out. It'll take care of it. Just a, that's another another person that taught me a lot was my stepson, Rob, and I, and my other stepson, Brian. They taught me so much. Um, and Rob, one of Rob's favorite things is let the pack sort it out. My wife, Karen, she t- we, w- with my daughter who wouldn't who was a picky eater. She taught me probably more about teaching than anybody I've ever met. And uh, one of the things she taught me was uh, creating choices for people that result in what you want to happen no matter what. And so in other words her thing was if we want to get Katie to eat broccoli, what we say is Katie would you like to eat the broccoli with the spoon or the fork? And either one is fine. And Katie would choose a spoon. There there goes the broccoli. It doesn't matter what what that that one little that one little choice was, the bottom line the broccoli was eaten. Too often we get we get in arguments with people about things that we don't have to argue about. And Karen taught me this little tactic of creating another choice that gives the person who wants to argue the feeling like they've won some kind of an argument over you. But the real important thing actually happened that you wanted all along. That was, that was great stuff. I've got so many more. So many people have helped me so much. Uh, but those would be some that I would say – uh, another one, Dixie Swenson. I, I worked in the John Anderson for President campaign in 1980, uh, and that was a third-party candidate with the, the campaign between Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter for the 1980 presidency. Dixie Swen—I was a campaign manager, uh, and Dixie Swenson was a campaign manager on a bit of a higher level, and we used to do campaign events. And Dixie Swenson said, "Always plan rallies." with the idea that everything's going to fall apart and then have a plan for that. And if you can have a plan for that, you can have a plan for everything. I've always approached every class, what if this class totally falls apart, then what am I gonna do? And when you know what you're gonna do in the worst moment, you're calm, (laughs) because the worst moment hits, you already have an answer for it. That's been a great uh, piece of advice that I've gotten. So, you know, that's it. That's, that's some stuff right there.
4: So when I was in college, I was given the advice or the saying that has kind of lived with me. Excuses are tools of being competent. And it was at a point when I made an excuse for not doing something. And um, that, really truly has stuck with me from that point on like excuses are tools of the incompetent and don't you know don't come with excuses own what you do own what you didn't do and um i i actually think that that probably is the best piece of advice i got or best saying that has served as kind of a guiding principle for me
7: I'm glad you prepped me on this because, of course, there's lots of great pieces of advice. But the best piece of advice was from Dave Ramsey. You know, he's very well known for, you know, saying things like live unless you make. Totally makes sense. He's not the first to ever say that either. But I remember one time listening to him. He was getting on one of his rants. This is early on. This is I mean, his rants are still great. But he was talking about get out of debt, do what you can, sacrifice, get out. And, And he said this one line and it stuck with me forever says you work too hard to be this broke. You work too hard to be this broke. And he said it in such a way, it just, it just rocked me to my core. And ever since then, I mean, that was one of those moments where it's like, gosh, darn it. I should be doing better with our money. My wife and I should be doing better with our money. We should be better than this. And that was kind of the, the time when we made that decision and in 2006, we decided that's it We're paying off the car loan. That was our last debt. We paid it off in one year. After that, we have not borrowed a penny, not for anything. I don't have any credit cards, nothing. I mean, that's pretty dramatic when you think about it. So that would be my best piece of advice that's ever been given to me. Thanks for
0: listening to the Learning on Fire podcast. For more information, please visit educationonfire.com and follow the links from the homepage. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.